Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what just went down here in the barn before we started recording. <laughs> Funny, <laughs> I need I need a minute. <laughs> Hello world, wake me up to another good good morning time to go. Oh, we are all Everybody. Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your hosts, Daniel and Bonnie Hoover, and we're glad you have chosen to join us today. Yes, we're glad you're here. Sorry, <laughs> that was that. Was that a handoff? I'm yeah. still trying to get my head in the game because I know, I know all the craziness. So, anyway, sometimes we plan these topics, and um, and man, they fit right with what's going on with life. Sometimes it doesn't. We'll you know we study or we or you know whatever, but different topics come up different ways in a numer numeral numerous Numerous ways ways. yeah and I uh, so I um I've been reading a book called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys I think's the title of that and And you're not talking about me no I'm not (laughs) and so because we have you know I've I've read books about my kids and how to parent and stuff like that and so I'm reading this book and um just dealing with you know the emotions of boys and um so that's where we got the topic for today, and right before we started, whoo, we we got an object lesson. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. All right, so we're going to be a, a little transparent here on the podcast about what went down in our life, and uh, and if you know like our life and us personally and our kids, then um, listen. We're not perfect, right? And the kids aren't perfect. Nope. And so uh, Josie's about to turn 14. Colby just turned 12. And it's safe to say uh, Colby's the more emotional one out of our two kids, wouldn't you say? I would agree with that. I definitely agree with that. He's um, he's sensitive. He's an awesome kid. He is. Very he's got loving. A, a sweetheart. Very. This is, this is me saying all the stuff before we get into it. <laughs> Sweet kid. He's yes. highly affectionate. I mean, he's physical touch, words of affirmation. Yep. Loves you know, but he is also the more emotional of the two, yeah. and, and he's a he's a, a pretty obedient kid. Yep, he is. So, um, if you run into our son in the real world, please don't like <laughs> say this. Don't don't <laughs> bring it up. Bring this up because it's will be a sore subject. So, yeah. So uh, you you got most of that. You want to tell what? Happened? Okay. So, Colby, we have hired uh, we hired our kids with the marriage adventure to do some things and uh, that would help us and then also help them earn a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And so Josie was keeping up with our um, our uh, Instagram stories. stories, part of social media, just kind of filling that up daily. And so we bought her all the tools to do it and ended up, we thought she'd love it. She thought she'd love it. Ended up, that yeah, didn't work. She just kind of never thought about it. She kind of forgot about what and doing yep. the job. And she said, I should probably back out of that. Yep. Okay, no harm, no foul. That's fine. Colby was, he was the one that was, um, he was in charge of managing the video portion of the podcast. So if you tune in to YouTube or anything like that, um, then he's the one that's managing that. Meaning he comes in, he sets up the recording gear, he sets up the cameras. We have a little three camera shoot with lights and all this stuff, and he's responsible for setting that up, Mm -hmm. um, switching the cameras while we're doing the podcast which explains the learning curve at the beginning if you first started <laughs> watching the yep yep and um and we then got he, an 11 year old running it and so. then he edits it and uploads it to youtube mm-hmm. 
he was doing a really good job for that, especially for a 12 year old. I'd have to help him with some stuff, but he was doing a pretty good job at that. And so, um, today obviously we're recording and, uh, we try to knock out two episodes at a time. Mm -hmm. So it's a few, a couple hours and probably takes him 30 minutes to set up if he gets down here and gets it going. And so I sent him down here and said, Hey, why don't you go set up? Well, mom and daddy finish up stuff. We'll be down in a little bit. And so I come down into the barn and like almost nothing is set up. Mm-hmm. He's got two lights that are out and that's it. And um, he's swinging his little wolf ball bat playing baseball in his head. Yep. And I startle him when I walk in. I'm like, dude, mama's coming down in a second. We need to get going. Why are you not? Well, I, I couldn't move this table and... Oh, come on. You got yeah. a million other things to do. So I said, go yep. on and I'll move the table, set up everything, right? And so I go work on the computer. I think he's a little, I'm just kind of sub- speculating here. I think he's a little hacked off that I'm not helping him set up, which well, is not what I'm paying for. I'm paying for him to do this. Yep. And so I could do other things. And so um, so he sets up. Well, I knew I had of, walked into something. It, he was in a, it I was could that tell. obvious? Yeah, there was, there was the... You know, some kind of mood. Something was going on. I didn't know what exactly, but I knew he wasn't exactly happy about what was going on in the moment. But I was like, okay, maybe that'll, uh, maybe you'll bring me into that <laughs> loop. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be brought into that loop. But oh, you got brought into the loop. I did. And so he, uh, you asked him if he, uh, so were you ready to? He, oh, so he comes over yeah. to me and says, Dad, what if we, and he's kind of like, what if we just do a one camera shot? Well, no, first it was the, he about the phone, like no, no, this was before. Oh, the one okay, camera. sorry. So he said, "What if we just do a one camera shot?" I said, "Well, buddy, I understand, but I'd really like to do a three camera shot. I think it looks better. You know, mm-hmm. we got the cameras, blah blah blah." And I think it was more out of, I just don't feel like mm-hmm. doing. You know, I'm like, it is more. It is more. Why do I need you in here switching when yeah. we only have one camera shot? And so, and there were some valid points in what he said, mm-hmm. but it's not what I want. And so. Um, which I think it's important for us, our kids, to understand what an employer mm-hmm. expects out of a, you know, an employee. You know, when you're working for somebody. I know it's a little different when it's your dad. Yeah. So anyway, so I felt like you were really patient trying to explain that to I him. I tried yep. to be, mm-hmm. and so he came over, and then uh, we're working. And I see him going towards his bat, and I'm like to pick up his bat, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy, are the cameras set?" No, I don't. I don't know. Okay, well, why not? Well, he's got to have my phone to be able to mm-hmm. dial him in and uh, through the app. And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, I don't have your phone. I was I'm like, like, oh. We looked at you like, what happened here? Where did that come from? Uh-huh. And so he's, he's an angry elf. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I said, well, well buddy, would you, would you like my phone? <laughs> yeah, I need it. Okay. You want to ask for you it? You could have asked for it and I'd give it to you. And so, uh, so anyway, so he does that. And then, I mean, it just it, becomes a whole thing. And, and so we start to dig in, trying to be decent parents. You know, hey, buddy, what, what's at the root of this? What's what's going on, man? Why Nothing. Are you, why are you I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. He does the, the guy thing. Yeah. And man, this is typical men in marriage. They just yeah. retreat. Nothing. Well, uh, let, there's, there's something, dude. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing's wrong. I'm just tired. Okay. Uh, well, that's the other. That's the other. I'm just tired, right? Mm-hmm. That's the, the typical. Uh, Throw off. Avoid it. Mm-hmm. And so, and we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm just tired. Well, okay. Well, then we try to throw it. Well, maybe you need to go to bed earlier tonight. <laughs> no, that was not what he wanted to hear. So then I'm like trying to, I'm like, then I pull the um, counselor card on him. We've got this pillow in here that's got all the emotions the on emotions it. Emotions wheel. I was like, hey, buddy, can you, can, there's something going on. Can you look at this pillow and Identify what you're feeling? Yeah, tell me. And he's, he's not. He's well, not he does. It. He did. At he, first, he didn't. And he pulled out frustrated and something and else. And irritated. Said, okay, so what's, what's at the core of that frustration there? I don't know. Well, we finally got to it. And, yeah. uh, and so, needless to say, he got fired. <laughs> Um, again, if you, uh, if you know our kids and if you're watching the YouTube video and you're seeing some lag on camera switching, it's cause I don't have a camera switcher. <laughs> I'm having to do this while I'm talking. We might have to go to one camera only because of that. Yep. So, so anyway, um, yeah, he, he kind of lost his job and I said, Hey, this, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. I don't know um, if it's a good fit. I can't, I can't put up with. I can't chase down your emotions. I well, need I need this job done, and yeah. if I have to do it, then this doesn't help me. Well, we we need we need you to be an employee, and we need to be an employers in this situation, and not have to derail uh, almost an hour. Yeah, um, yeah. As but it did into give us parenting. some great podcast material. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. have had the story, right? Well, well it, we would have had ten other stories, but so you know, there are so many podcasts. Um, you know, on, on the podcast, we discuss so many different topics and communication and conflict resolution in marriage are two of the things that you see in like every marriage book and Bible study and podcast. And, but along with like the communication skills, and I mean, I don't think we grow up just knowing how to communicate, but no, no. Matter of fact, I love my family, but we were terrible growing up <laughs> and you'll agree. And, and then conflict resolution, that's, you know, that's, that's harder too. So those yeah. two things, they, um, but along with those come our responsibility for how we respond, our personal response in those situations, which is what we were dealing with today. It's like, but it's okay. You feel these things, yeah. but your response to that and the way it has become a huge thing and derailed, derailed the whole morning. We got to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not stuff. I mean, we can give a 12 year old a pass. Yeah. And we can help work through that as parents. That's our responsibility to help teach that that's not how we handle things. But what about in marriage? Yeah. But- My hope is that, I mean, our goal, and he's 12, and so it's that this gets solved before he gets married that mm-hmm. will maybe help mm-hmm. help his wife and help his marriage. I pray his wife's parents are doing the same thing with her because mm-hmm. she's probably a 13, 12-year-old girl right now too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyway, so today we want to discuss one response that's that's really typical mm-hmm. of all of us of individuals especially in the marriage relationship and in parenting and uh, we call it the shame blame game all right so from time to time you'll hear us talking about some different events that we're doing with the marriage adventure and we want to tell you a really exciting weekend coming up at September 15th, 16th, and 17th. So if you're anywhere in the middle of the United States, especially in the Missouri area, um, maybe hone in a little bit more, the Kansas City, Missouri area, on September 15th and 16th of 2023, we have a Marriage Adventure Weekend. This is a great weekend for married couples. We'll be teaching through our book, Discovering mission for your marriage and all meals are included plus bonnie a farm grown fajita bar Ooh, yes that's worth the drive i can't wait so that's going to be a great 
great weekend if you're a married couple. If you're not married, but you're looking to get married anytime within the next year, then uh, September 17th, that Sunday at uh, Simple Blessings Farm in Knob Noster, Missouri, we're going to be doing a premarital workshop. And that's going to be from about nine in the morning to about four in the afternoon, six hours worth of teaching. It's a really, really fun time and some foods included in that too. So if you're interested, we'll have some links in the show notes and we would love to see you there at Simple Blessings Farm in Knob Noster, Missouri. So today we are talking about how we respond in relationship, um, in our marriage in particular, but, you know, we see it in parenting, but how how we respond when there's conflict, mm. when we're in the middle of communication and um, maybe even more particularly when we do something that can cause harm in the relationship, when something that we've done, um, when something we've done, maybe we need to own, but there are some typical responses that we see and it's not just us. I mean, this is responses that is common to all humans, I believe, mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily want to take responsibility. I especially see it a lot in men. Mm. Um, and in our story that we kind of opened up with, we saw it in, in our son, Colby. But I see it in myself. I see it in guys that I meet with. Mm. And we typically have two unhealthy responses. One is we shame ourselves. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm the I'm the worst person ever. I can't believe I do that. If you're a Christian, then you go into that that spiritual um, guilt yeah. that the enemy tries, the condemnation the enemy, enemy tries to put on mm-hmm. you. I think there's a healthy level of understanding of what I did wrong. Conviction. Conviction and acceptance and owning your stuff. Um but a lot of times in marriage, especially as guys, I can I can attest um, that we go into shaming, mm-hmm. and I'm the worst person. I can't ever. believe I did that. And man, I'm, so I'm, dumb. I'm telling you to go back to Colby. I'm seeing, and I don't know if you guys are listening. If you have kids, if you have little boys, but in him, I mean, that shame gets heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gets really heavy. And of course, he's processing a lot. He's got that middle school boy brain. He's mm-hmm. about to have a wash of testosterone that he's not going to be able to understand. Um, what's happening in his head, um, but uh, but that that blame, uh, that shame, to where mm-hmm. we just go into that hole, mm-hmm. and and we, you know, it's 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 heavy. Well, and there's the other side to that. If we're not shaming ourselves, sometimes we begin to blame someone else. Mm. It's not me. It's not my fault. I didn't. You know. Well, well, you, you know, we we aren't looking at what we did. So that's hard sometimes to look at. Gosh. I cause that, and if we don't sometimes go to the shame part, um, we go to blaming somebody else because none of us want to look in the mirror and see that we were the cause for the big fat mm-hmm. thing that just blew up. It's it's difficult. Boy, that's the that's the typical sibling sibling yeah. thing, isn't it? Uh-huh. I'm going to blame my sister. I'm going to blame my brother. I'm going to blame my siblings. Not my fault. Well, they did this. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I, yeah, yeah. That's typical but I do see that that happens as well in marriage and that's where people begin to butt heads and conflict and and all of that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of that because they go to one of those two responses that are not healthy Mm -hmm. but I think there there's a reason we do that as humans we see both of these responses from way back at the very beginning of time Mm -hmm. when man first fell 
mankind first fell in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, we see that, you know, we see the first wedding. We see the, the man and woman be brought together, and yeah. and they were together, and you think happily ever after, which is what you think weddings are all about. Oh, we're going to live happily ever after. Look at this great, big, beautiful garden. We've got all of life ahead of us. It's, it's wonderful. really, I'm happy today. We'll see about tomorrow. That's yeah. really what it should yeah. be, not happily ever yeah. after. But they were together, and they were naked and unashamed, and they were in wedded bliss, and they came together, and they were literally made for each other. It was like, oh, we were made for each other. God crafted them for each other. And then they started living life, and they were led into temptation, and kind of all falls apart from that point on. Yep. So let me read this passage, Genesis 3. Uh, 6 through 13, you're probably driving or don't have your Bible there, but I'll read it. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, uh, there were two, there were lots of trees in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says there were trees that were just beautiful to look at. And then there were, that that had flowers. And then there were trees in the garden that were uh, produced fruit or Mm -hmm. produced uh, vegetables, things to eat. But then in the center of the garden, there were two specific trees Mm -hmm. that they point out. One was the tree of life, and one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when it says the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, man, it kind of had both of these things, Let's time out, because God told them not to eat from that one. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Correct. That's right. Bonnie, you have a garden, so how often is it that you find a tree that is pleasing to the eye? Maybe it has flowers and beautiful, but also good. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't have like, I don't have an orchard. Um, Mm -hmm. I just have stuff that I grow, but. So it was very tempting to her. Yeah. When she saw it. And, uh, and it was also desirable, desirable for gaining wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, so she took some of it, and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her. That's interesting to see that Adam wasn't, off wasn't doing like his own off thing. doing his own thing. No, he was right there with her. I mean, yes, he could have helped her in this decision-making. Verse 7, uh, well, he, he was right there with her, and he ate it. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. Naked. That's how you say it in the South. Naked. <laughs> so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Um, the first seamstress. Verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the, 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 the sound of the Lord God, who was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to, the, to man, and he said, where are you? You think God knew where Adam and Eve were? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. he did. And he answered. He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Again, God knew all of this. Mm-hmm. God's not surprised. And then the man said what? He said, the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. I, I'm really surprised, though. Adam did good. He owned it. He said, I ate it, mm-hmm. but he still blamed her. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm surprised he didn't say. She gave me the fruit of the tree, and she shoved it down my mouth, because <laughs> usually we embellish stories. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? 
And the woman, I mean, I could, you could totally see that from a parent, like, you know what happened. Yeah. yeah. You know every aspect of the story, but you're asking your kids to see. To own know. up. Yeah. I see those memes where, I mean, I'm seeing those videos in my head where people, their dogs like messed up the room. Oh yeah. And then they come <laughs> home and the dog is standing in the corner. Like, what did you do? Yeah. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I mm. ate. I mean, you see, like sometimes we shame in an argument or we blame in an argument. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes we swing from one, one corner of other. that pendulum yeah. to the other in the same argument. Oh, yeah. And I think we see some of that here. I think we see some self-ownership that probably goes into some shame. Mm-hmm. But we also see some blame. So let's dive in. Yeah. What what are we seeing here? Well, Mom? the first thing when he when they sinned, they hid. They knew. Oh no! What have I done? Look what I've done. Mm. They were ashamed. They were aware of what they had done, and they tried to hide. Mm. They didn't want God to. They didn't want to own up to it. Rather than going and confessing, and this is what I did. They were. They shamed themselves. They felt bad for what they did, and they began to cover. They, they so. Fig, fig leaves. Fig together. leaves. To they try had to, to learn how up. to sew. Oh, I'm sure they had never sewed before. <laughs> yeah, but that's what that's what sin does. It, it separates us from God, but it also separates us from living in, in harmony with the other people in our lives. It mm -hmm. um, sin, you know, it does affect our relationship with the Lord, but it it greatly affects. There can be so many consequences from our sin in the relationships that we're in. Wouldn't it be interesting to have privy to the conversation that happened between Adam and Eve, between the time they <laughs> ate and between the time uh -huh. that this story tells us God was walking, they were in the cool Ooh, of the evening. That would have been interesting. What, I mean, it was, I was can this only the first, imagine. their first argument, the first time maybe. Oh, you know, <laughs> man, you know. Sin entered the world. Yeah. Selfishness entered, blame yeah. entered, shame mm -hmm. entered. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine, he's like, what the heck have you done, Eve? Mm -hmm. What have you were I right done? here with me. You told you didn't tell you me to stop it. Yeah, and then she's probably like, "I don't know. I look so good." <laughs> I mean, and yeah. they were probably thinking. Of, I mean, think when you were a kid and you got in, you knew you were going to get in trouble. Oh. I'm thinking of like the Brady Bunch when the boys broke the vase, yep. <laughs> and then they try to glue it back together. Mm -hmm. And if you're we got to fix this. If you're under forty, you won't understand that. But I mean, yeah, they probably were like, "How do we fix this with God? How do we fix before this before he we get out? caught?" Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We just read a lot in the scripture, but we did. I'm sure something like that had yeah. to happen. It just wasn't recorded. But the next thing we see when God does call them out on it and give them the opportunity to come clean, what happens? He talks to Adam and Adam's like, it was the woman you gave me. This is this woman. She, he starts blaming. He goes right yeah. to the blame thing. It's like, and, and he was really even blaming God. He's not wrong. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, he even was turning his blame on God. That's true. He was he saying, was. this woman you gave me. In mm. other words, if you had not given me this woman, she wouldn't have caused me to mess up. You so ever he, seen that out of our kids? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did this. Yep. Well, and we do the same thing at times when we reach that, you know, a point where we're both wanting to win or where, you know, it's like, but if you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. We, mm -hmm. we do that in marriage. We all do that. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, but then what happened next? So then um, he says, he says she did this and then he turns to the woman to get her side of the story. And, he said, and and the woman, she didn't she take on up either. That stupid no. old snake over she there. She passed the blame to the serpent. Yep. And that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. The serpent is to blame. But 
in this event, Mm -hmm. she still has to own up to it. Mm -hmm. And so she passed the blame right over. The devil made me do it. That's right. The devil made me do it. The very first, the devil made me do it. It absolutely is. Yeah. It is. And it's rare in marital conflict that only one person is to blame. That's true. I, I I mean, even... Even when I get couples in that there's been sexual deception or affair mm-hmm. or something, uh, now we have to be very careful not to uh, blame the spouse uh, for the, the actions That's of right. the person who committed the affair. Yeah. But once we get past that level and we begin to look at the marriage and what made the marriage mm-hmm. in such a way that an affair could occur, mm-hmm. there's always owner or there's always blame or ownership on both sides even a small per, even, even one percent you know 80 20 yeah uh there's still something that mm-hmm. needs to be done so it's rare that one person in marital conflict mm-hmm. is to you know is to blame there's a country song out that uh uh that says um that in in a, in in a breakup there's always one two sides, two sides to, every to every story, story. Mm-hmm. one that's truth and one that's a lie mm-hmm. and that's not really that's not really accurate I was, I was thinking about that. We were listening to that in the car and Colby said, that's true. I said, well, I don't know. Let's look at that because there's always blame on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then it's the story that you see, yep. the truth that is your side of the truth. Mm-hmm. And but what is the real truth? Right. Mm-hmm. So in any marital argument, both both people have a percentage of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, Bonnie, what is the proper response that we should have? Instead, if I'm not supposed to take shame I, I should take ownership yep. I should take self-revelation mm-hmm. and uh, own my stuff mm-hmm. um, but not sink into shame so mm-hmm. much that it stifles me from being able to resolve conflict right but I'm also not supposed to blame mm-hmm. well but I what's, think what's the proper place I think we see what God did and he brought resolution and he brought conflict resolution and he covered, he covered them mm-hmm. in his grace mm-hmm. to, to cover them. And I think, first of all, you know, they at some point had to take responsibility. And that's what we're called to do when we're, like you said, even if it's 1%, I need to own my own stuff and I need to confess it in humility um, and then forgive my spouse for their part. And when we do that, when we're extending grace, like, God extended grace to cover and to cover the shame. Our grace covers a lot of shame. And I see that with our kids, that when we, um, once they've been caught and they've been disciplined for something and they want to remain in that shame, I think us lavishing that grace on them draws them out of that to get them back to life. But even in God's grace, he was still very just. Yeah. Right. So what happened? Sin entered the world. Mm-hmm. And well, this presents um, a situation for the Lord God. Mm-hmm. He can't. He can't look. Up, he's a holy God. Mm-hmm. So there has to be an action that he has to take if he's going to stay holy mm-hmm. in in who he is, keeping with his character. He can't just dismiss what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, but in this situation, he so he he handles it justly. He he told him. He said, if you eat of this tree, what will happen? You will surely die. You'll surely die. So what happened was spiritually they died. Mm -hmm. They were cut off from him. Mm -hmm. And he banished them from the garden. For for their own good. For their own good. So they couldn't live forever eating from that tree. And and now, of course, you got 
pain in childbearing. You've got toil work that is toilsome. Is that a right word? Mm-hmm. It's laborsome. Um, all the effects of sin that came about from their decision mm-hmm. is the justness of God. But he was the consequences. very consequences. But he was very gracious in the fact he could have struck them dead. Sure, he allowed them to live. He allowed them to still experience love. He, he in his common grace, he allowed them to still have children, still make a living, still live on mm-hmm. the earth, still breathe the air that he created, his air. Yeah. So there was a, there was a lot of grace. And I think that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. you were talking about in parenting that we can be just in our parenting, mm-hmm. but yet we can offer grace. So in the situation that occurred, you know, before we started recording today, um, I hugged it out with Colby. Yep. I told him I forgive him. I love him. He did not want to hug back. I took <laughs> his arms and I threw them around me and they kind of flopped. And um, and I, you know, I said, buddy, I still love you. This is okay. You don't have to, you don't have to do this, yeah. right? There's no I'm disappointment in that. Disappointment. We, we tried something. And uh, I said, now, next time you're wanting money and you're wanting to buy something, do you remember you had an opportunity yeah, to, he didn't like that. To earn some money. And no, he's not going to like it if I ever have to remind him of that. But that's right. okay. He's not going to like everything that happens. So we were, we, I mean, but he did get fired. Yeah. He did get let go. He did lose his little source of income and, and ability to help because I think it is hard. He really did want to help. He did. He said, I, and, I, and I feel bad because now I can't help. Right. He did want to help. But he did need to learn that his emotions can't manipulate. Mm-hmm. And then he did need to learn that, hey, if I'm going to hold a job in the future, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get emotional if I don't like what the boss tells me to do. Sure. And well, so. and what you just said there also is, is a good reminder that we don't need to use our emotions to manipulate our spouse, whether it's right. through making them pay for it, by, you're blaming them and you're making them pay for it by the way you're cold shouldering them and all of that. That's continuing to blame. There's not grace in that, and there's not a way forward for them mm. if you can't mm-hmm. move through that. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of times when one of the one of, of the spouses owns the majority of what happened, they already feel bad enough, mm. and we continue to blame them. Then it's like keeping that upper hand. We've got to continue to remind them, and we live in that emotional manipulation of them, mm-hmm. and that's not. That's not Christ-like. If you ever want, you can be right, mm-hmm. or you can have a relationship. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. That that I'm not sure if uh, we just slaughter that phrase or not, but basically that's the premise. I can prove my point mm-hmm. and prove that I'm right, and that the person's did the wrong thing. Right. Yep. Well, I just want you to know, mm-hmm. you know, I was right, or I can continue to have influence in the future in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning I can, I can, can, I know I'm right and I can exhibit grace, not to hold that over your head and we can move past this. It's forward in relationship together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So blame, shame. Or take responsibility. Or take, res- you know, take responsibility. So, well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, listen, if you're on social media, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Marriage Adventure. And then also go to our YouTube channel, The Marriage Adventure, and see if I did an okay job. You know, we'll see. Oh, world, wake me up to another good, good morning, time to go.